Father, we, we come to you now and we glorify you and we honor you. We stand in awe of who you are. We are so grateful for your love for us, your sacrifice for us, the gift of your presence, your spirit. As we gather here as brothers and sisters in Christ, may we experience your presence, your spirit. Lord, thank you for leading us and directing us. Lord, let us this morning be focused on your word and your will and your calling in our life. We pray for anyone here this morning that's feeling depressed or inadequate or, or stressed out. Lord, give them a sense of peace. Lord, we fall short of what you intend for us. We're consistently and constantly disobedient to you and your word. Forgive us. Help us. Give us the grace we need and the joy that can only come from you. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. We've been looking at prayer the last few weeks because we've been uh, figuring out what it means to be a disciple. We're on a disciple-making adventure here at Good News, and we have uh, decided that our definition for disciple is someone that's a follower of Jesus, who loves Jesus, who loves one another, and loves the lost. And one of the best ways that we can better our love, that we can fall more in love with Jesus, is by having prayer. And so last week we looked at the, what's commonly known as the Lord's Prayer. But we found out that's not really the Lord's Prayer because he would have never actually prayed those words because he's asking for forgiveness and, and Jesus didn't need uh, forgiveness. But he gives us a model to be able to pray. And so hopefully you prayed that model uh, th this week. And, and today we're looking at prayer being a wartime walkie-talkie. In the Shorter Catechism, there's a question about what prayer is. And it's a great definition in question two, it says, prayer is an offering of our desires unto God for things agreeable to his will in the name of Christ with the confession of our sins and thankful acknowledgement of his mercies. Wow. This morning, I want to show you two different types of communication. I want to see if you guys can, can see the difference between the two. The, the differences will be a little bit subtle, so you have to see if you can figure it out, okay? See if you can help me out with this. We need backup right now. We need backup. Send the troops right now. We have to figure out where we're going to deploy at the target. We need supplies. We need troops. Okay? That's one way of communicating. This is the other way of, of communication. Let's see if you can notice the difference. Oh, yes. Is this the front desk? Oh yeah. First of all, I want to say thank you for upgrading our room here at the Pontevedra Inn and Club. And I want to see if I could order some room service. Yeah, yes. Oh yes, the, the beef tartare sounds great to start off with. And could I follow that up with some seared duck foie gras? And uh, maybe, maybe the baked Alaska to finish that off. Oh yes, thank you. That would be great. 15 minutes. Can you make it 10? Yes, okay. That would be great. Thank you so much. All right. Anybody see the difference? Few small differences, right? Which one is more like you in prayer? Because what I find myself doing as a first world American is often having my prayer life be kind of like that. Like just a domestic intercom, like ordering room service. Yes, I acknowledge you, God. Yes, I, I know I need some things, but they're kind of extra things. It's not like a wartime walkie-talkie. 
And I want to challenge myself this morning. I want to challenge you that prayer should be more like a wartime walkie-talkie. We are in the midst of a spiritual battle. There's an enemy that wants to take you and your family out. There is a spiritual war going on around us. And we need to call out with urgency to our God. I'm so thankful that Jesus always modeled things for us. And Jesus here in John chapter 17, which is really the Lord's Prayer. Some theologians call it the high priestly prayer. To me, that seems so stale. This is Jesus using his wartime walkie-talkie, praying for us with lots of passion. And, and in, this, in the synoptic gospels, which is Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they're about 60% the same. But when we look at the, the book of John, there's about 90% unique uh, material in there. And that was because John was in the inner circle of Jesus. That he was there at the transfiguration where Moses and, and Elijah appeared. He was there in the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus was sweating blood. He was there when Jesus was doing the miracles that he was doing. He was right there with Jesus. And so you see the tightness between John and Jesus, and we get to hear the stories about what Jesus did. And here, as Jesus is about to pray this prayer for himself, for the disciples, and in turn for us as believers, this was so important for his disciples because they had just been told by Jesus that he was going to go away. Can you imagine how scary this must have been for his disciples? Because everywhere Jesus went, there were people that wanted to take him out and wanted to take out the disciples. There were people there that, that had miracles done and healings done and there was great things that were happening and they were falling after Jesus trying to figure out what this kingdom really meant. And here Jesus is saying, I'm going to go away. And so you can imagine the fear. You can imagine the, the anxiousness that the disciples must have had. And, and so Jesus is calling out to his father, calling out, praying for himself and praying for the disciples and in turn praying for us. And this is a little bit of a, of a lengthy prayer here. And it takes a couple minutes to read it. But you know, I like for you to see the whole of scripture and how it all fits together. And so I'm gonna read this scripture. I'm gonna read this prayer. And I want you, as I'm reading it, in the few minutes that it takes to read, I want you to see how it is a wartime walkie-talkie. How he's not just calling out for room service here. He's calling for reinforcements. He's calling for supernatural power, and he gives us that model. So if you have your Bible, you can turn to John uh, chapter 17. If not, you can look up on the screen. After Jesus said this, he looked, uh, looked towards heaven and prayed, Father, the time has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you grant him authority over all people that he might give eternal life uh, to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in the presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. I have revealed to you those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me and, have, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you and they believed that you sent me. I, I pray for them. I'm not 
uh, praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world. I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name that you gave me, so, that what, so, so they may be one as we are one. While I was with you, well, sorry, while I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe that by the name you gave me. None has been lost except one doomed to destruction that scripture would be fulfilled. I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they may have the full measure of joy within them. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is the truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. My prayer is not for them alone. I, I pray also for those who believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you and me and I am in you, may they also be in us, that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I and them and you and me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you love me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am, to see my glory, the glory that you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I've been, I've been made to know, uh, been made known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love that you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. There is a lot to work through there, but it is amazing stuff as we see uh, Jesus calling out with the wartime walkie-talkie. You see, we have an advocate in God. Do you see what's happening here? is that every time we have you guys fill out the car, we say, if you have any prayer requests, you write prayer requests in the card, and every Tuesday the staff prays for your prayer requests. But do you know that you're on Jesus' prayer list? I mean, he is praying for you as believers in Christ. As you're going throughout your day, he's praying for you. You have an advocate in God, and there's an amazing holiness that comes with that. As, as a pastor, I get to officiate lots of weddings, and there's a moment in the wedding that's really, really holy. It's the time where the, the husband is kissing the bride, and they're sealing their kiss in front of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and witnesses that the two become one. So every time that happens, and I've shared this before in messages earlier, that every time that happens, I just back away. That's, that's, their, that's their moment. I back away from the kiss. Well, one time when I was officiating a wedding, Jeff and Megan Willard thought it'd be really funny. This is the moment right here when I tell the husband to kiss the bride. They held me there with their hands and kissed each other. And so there I was in this awkward, holy moment that was supposed to be between them and God, just standing less than a foot away from them and got to experience that holiness. Well, the holiness that I get to experience in that moment, we get to experience with God. Because he's advocating for us. He loves us and he's praying for us. 
using a wartime walkie-talkie. He's not calling for room service. He's calling out to his father. He's calling out to daddy. And I'm so blessed to have a really great relationship with my earthly father and my, my earthly father-in-law, but I know many people don't have that. Many people have lost their fathers or they have a really bad relationship uh, with their earthly father. So this doesn't sound like a really good thing to you if you have that. But let me tell you that this father is holy, holy, holy. This father is perfect. This father, you don't have to ever worry about letting you down. And here is Jesus communicating with the father. And I desperately want you to be able to have that power, that holiness that comes with Jesus praying for you. I want you to be able to know that. I want you to be able to have that. But the only way that you can have that is by accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Now this, this week in the newcomers class, seeing Katie profess faith in Christ and seeing Bill profess faith in Christ. Bill is an amaz is in amazing shape. He looks amazing. He's 80 years old. 80 years of his life, not really knowing how it all fits together, but then coming to know Jesus, professing faith in him. What an amazing thing that is. And we rejoice in that. And we want so many others to know about Jesus. I know there are people here this morning that you've never put your faith and trust in Christ. And maybe it's a little bit scary to take that step. But Jesus is calling out for you. He's praying for you. He's using his wartime walkie-talkie. He wants you to be empowered with his spirit. And the only way that it happens is by putting your faith and trust in Christ. You see, shortly after he prayed this prayer, he was going to go to the cross. And he wasn't going to the cross because of anything he did wrong, because he did nothing wrong. He was going to the cross for your sin. He was going to the cross for my sin, past, present, and future. And that sin was unbelievably weighty. As he was on that cross, taking that all on him, being separated from his heavenly father, the pain that he experienced both emotionally and spiritually and physically is indescribable. But he did that for us. He did that because he's a seeking and saving savior. He did that because he loves you dearly. And he wants you to know him. So if you've never put your faith and trust in Christ, I want you to do that this morning. And I'm going to pray a prayer for you. If you would pray with me right now, and if you've already accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray for those that are around you. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge to you that I've sinned against you in many ways. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I want you to come to my life and be my Savior. Forgive me of all my sins and give me the gift of eternal life. Come into my life and be my Lord. Help me become the person that you want me to be. Amen. If you prayed that for the first time this morning, I want to say welcome to the kingdom of God. You are a child of God. And if you did that, mark it on your card. We want to help you grow in your faith. We don't want you to do it alone. So just mark it on your card. and We'll help you get some resources to grow in your faith. See, prayer is a wartime walkie-talkie. And Jesus used it. And there's a few theological reasons why Jesus prayed. Because you might be thinking, well, he was God on earth. What did he need to pray for? Well, he prayed because he was fully God, but he was also fully man. And as a man, he wanted to depend on his father just like we should depend on our heavenly father. Also, he was creating an example or setting an example for all of his followers that, that he would pray, and so we should pray also. Also, there's an amazing holiness about the Trinity that all throughout Scripture we see the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit communicating with each other, and this is another way that this is modeled. 31 times 
Uh, Jesus prayed aloud in his three years of formal ministry. He prayed aloud for other people. 24 times he went off by himself to pray. He knew that he had a wartime walkie-talkie. He knew more than anyone else that he was in a spiritual battle. And so he needed to be able to, to pray to his heavenly father. You see, in verses 4 and 5, and as we break down this prayer, we won't be able to talk about every single verse because we don't have time to do that. But a couple of key points here. In verses 4 and 5, he said, I brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. You know what this sounds like a little bit? It sounds a little bit like Jesus is homesick. Have you ever thought about what Jesus left? He left perfection. He left everything that was perfect in heaven and came down from heaven to earth. That's, that's what he did. And here he is saying, God, I, I, I miss the glory of being in perfection. Lord, help me as, as I return, Lord, to remember the goodness of that. And then he continues on in verses 6 through 8. It's interesting, Jesus only prays for himself just a little bit. And then he turns his attention back towards the disciples and to believers like us. We have, I have revealed to you, I revealed to those whom you gave me out of the world. They are yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words and gave, uh, you gave me and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you and they believed that you sent me. Turns it right back around to pray for us as he's still doing now. In verses 11 and 15, you see he prays for our protection. He understands that we are in a battle. It's one of the greatest privileges of being a pastor, having a front row seat to almost 600 families that are worshiping at World Golf Village and seeing that sometimes life is joyous and sometimes life is hard. And I also live my own life too, so I know that life can be hard. And so he prays for our protection. Verse 11, I will remain in the world no longer but they are still in the world. I am coming to you. Holy Father, Daddy, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so they may be one as we are one, as we're on a disciple-making adventure, as we're making disciples that making, uh, are making disciples. Jesus calls out for protection for us. In verse 15, so my prayer is not that you would take them out of the world, but you would protect them from the evil one. You see, there is an evil one that wants to tear you apart, wants to tear your family apart, wants you to go astray. And he does have power, but you know who has more power? The one that we worship. The holy name of Jesus is far more powerful than the evil one. That's why we need to call on him with the power of a wartime walkie-talkie saying, Lord, we need protection. We need reinforcements. We need your help. Lord, please help us. He calls out that protection for us. And then in verse, verses 18 through 23, he knows that we're on mission. Our purpose is going to come up on the screen in a minute. We're going to say it together. That as a church, we are on mission. We have a purpose here. In the midst of the battle that we are, are waging here on earth, we need his power and his strength. And so would you put, would you put the purpose up? Jim, up on the screen so we could say it all together. Many of you don't even need to see the words, right? You know it. You hear it, hear it every week. 
Let's say it together. Our purpose is to reach and transform people by the power of the gospel and biblical community. We are here on mission, and he prayed for our mission. As you sent me into the world, I sent them into the world. For, I, for them, I sanctify myself. They too may be truly sanctified. If you don't know what that word means, it basically means to, to grow in faith, to grow in truth, to grow in the knowledge of God, that he works in our lives and the spirit is, is more evident in our life through the fruits that come out. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. Who's there? Who is that? Who is that? Who? Us. That's right. It's, it's you and I. That people may come to faith through the message that God gives us. That we go out with it on mission. That all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. I and them and you and me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved, loved them even as you have loved me. He's praying for protection for us. He's praying for us to be on mission. He's praying for us to be unified. And we have to fight for that with a wartime walkie-talkie. Listen, I know that sometimes I'm really difficult to get along with. I know sometimes I'm annoying. Sometimes I'm tough to live in community with. And sometimes you guys are too. But he's called us to have unity together so that a watching world can see, wow, they work through things. They have forgiveness and they give forgiveness. They have love. They have mercy because we want to see Jesus glorified. There's a spiritual war going on and there's people all around us who have no clue where to find any protection. They have no clue where to find joy, where to find hope, where to find peace, where to find eternal life. But most of us in this room, we know the answer. We know the answer is in Jesus. And that's why we need to use our wartime walkie-talkie. And the action step for this morning is don't leave home without it. Don't leave home without it. If, if you left your phone here this morning and you got out in your car and you, got into your par and, and you started driving when you realized that you left your phone here, I believe that close to 100% of you would turn around and come get it. Because we love our phones, right? There's actually a word for not having your smartphone with you. It's called um, nomophobia. And it, it means that you get severe anxiety when you don't have your smart, smartphone with you. And I've experienced this firsthand. My wife, Christy, is a small group uh, girls leader for sixth grade. And sometimes she has them over our house. And she has a no-tech zone in our house. So when they come in, they have to drop off their smartphone in a basket, and they get it back when they leave because she wants, us, she wants the, the kids to be able to experience true community and be focused on each other and be focused on God's Word together. And so as the girls are dropping their phone in there, it's like Christy is ripping off their arms how bad it is. Miss Herco, no! What if my mom needs to reach me for the next 90 minutes? She can call my phone. It's okay. It's okay. See, many of us, we would never, ever, ever think about leaving home without our smartphone. Never. What about prayer? What about our wartime walkie-talkie? Will we ever consider leaving home without it? I'm so thankful that every day 
If I forget, Christy reminds me. If she forgets, I remind her. She opens up Ephesians 6, and we pray for the spiritual armor of God. I know some of you are intimidated to pray with your spouse or for your spouse. You don't have to figure out what words to say. Just open up Ephesians 6 and just pray the spiritual armor over your spouse and over your family. Every single day we do that. And it's not a legalistic thing. If we forgot one day, is Jesus going to love us more? No. Is he going to love us less? No. But we do it because we believe that there is a war waging and we need to remind each other because if I'm not reminded, I'll go back into my chair at the Pontevedra Inn and Club and order room service. But I want to be reminded that I'm in the midst of a battle. I'm in the midst of a war, and I need my wartime walkie-talkie. Every week, Brian Zelensky does the two-minute grill. And if you're new here, it's just basically an interview that we do to get to know each other better as we've been growing as a church. And every time he asks people on stage, have you seen an answer to prayer? And God answers prayers in the way that he answers them. And sometimes that frustrates me because sometimes I think I could answer it a lot better the way I want, but God sees the whole picture. And sometimes he answers with a no, sometimes he answers with a wait, sometimes he answers right away, but he always answers. And every time I hear that from people, it's really inspiring to me. But when you put it all together, and it's, it's amazing, and Brian has kept all the two-minute grill answers for the last six years. And so he has a lot of answer prayers that he's seen. And I just want to read a few of them here, because when you hear them together, you really see that Jesus is moving in the midst of us. See, Holly Stride said in her two-minute grill that years ago they were living in South Florida, and her husband had been laid off work. He wasn't able to find a good job, and the Lord led them to St. Augustine. They were able to find a good job, excellent schools for their son, and most importantly, find Good News Church. Lane Meadows said, I started uh, very consistently praying for my wife when I was 14 and until the time I got married. And for those of you who know my wife, there's obviously something supernatural at work. John Ramsey said that I've seen big prayers answered from seeing my mom live long enough through her cancer to meet both of my grandchildren to little petty ones like receiving a towel in the middle of an empty park after being drenched on a kayak trip so I wouldn't get my new car seats wet. Hannah Dykeman said, once when I was little, I had a stomach ache. In the middle of the night, I prayed to God that it would stop, and it did. Jackson Hazel said, I prayed for my dad to come to faith, and he did. John Alves said, my son, John, received the Lord here at, at Good News, and this was a quickly answered prayer that I did not expect for some time. God bless our kids' ministry teachers. Andy Sims prayed, many years ago, my wife was told that she only had three months to live, and through prayer, she is still doing great. I mean, it's amazing when we see, when we call out the wartime walkie-talkie that he's there as a loving and caring father, that he's there to answer the prayers in the way that he's going to answer them. But we need to make sure that we don't leave home without it. As individuals, as a church, we need to continue to seek after his will. In closing, I have a short story about a ship that was in the middle of a storm. And the storm was raging all around them. And the captain knew that the ship was going to sink. He saw it going down. So he called out, does anybody here know how to pray? And one of the shipmates said, "I, captain, I know how to pray. And he said, good, stand here and pray right now while we go get our life jackets on because we're one short. You see, <laughs> see, there's a storm waging all around us. There's a battle waging all around us. And we need to call out with a wartime walkie-talkie. Those things that I called out 
when I was acting like I was in the midst of a real battle. Those are all things that we see in Scripture. See, in, in Acts chapter 13, they call for troop deployment and target location. In, in Matthew 6 and in Luke 21, it calls for protection and air cover. In Colossians 4, it, it calls for firepower to blast open a way for the word. In Matthew 6 and in Philippians 4, it calls for supplies for the forces. In Matthew 9, it calls for the need for reinforcements. See, we have a wartime walkie-talkie. We have this walkie-talkie that we can call directly to God in the midst of our battle, in the midst of our struggles, and he will answer. So don't leave home without it. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would grant us rest. You are a loving God. I pray that we would seek you above all things, above health and beauty, above glory and honor, above power and dignity, above all riches. Lord, help us to have joy and gladness knowing that in the midst of the battle, we have a wartime walkie-talkie. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.